Romans. Countrymen. Lend me your ears. Okay. I'm Latara. <laughs> and I'm Laura. And this is Passions Podcast. Podcast. Welcome that's, back. That's right. This is the podcast where we talk about passions, the greatest soap opera in all of time. You know, I, have, I have a passion for passion, honestly. Mm. I, I'm thinking about, I'm just thinking into the future about all the things that are are to come. And I'm so excited about it. As am I. And although I don't know what is going to happen. I know, I know. So many mysteries. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So today we're talking about episodes 78 and 77. Seven. <laughs> <I said it> <laughs> That's okay. You got the right episode. 77 and 78. First we're going to talk about episode 78. Then we're going to backtrack and talk about episode we are, 77. We're not doing that. We're starting with 77 <laughs> and then we're going to 78. And this is what, episode 42 of our, 43, 40. this is episode 43 of our podcast. I feel like this is what other people must like deal with, with me and numbers where I just can never. I got it though. <laughs> you got it. But I got it. I feel like I'm talking to myself a little bit. Nope. I got it. I got it. I got it. That's from a, that's from a regional commercial. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what that from is. Tennessee. There's like this guy in a chicken suit and he, I think he sold cars. I'm not sure, but he would go, I got it. I got it. I got it. Whatever Where'd you he need, get it? I got it. Whatever you need, he had it. Oh, I see. Is used cars. And the name of the business? Couldn't tell you, uh, but he was dressed up like a yellow chicken. Like Big Bird? Is Big Bird a chicken? No, I think he's just a bird. bird. I, think, I think he's just a generic bird. Well, not quite generic. I think he's just a 10-foot bird. Big bird. He's the only one of his species. Ah. This is ridiculous. All right. <laughs> let's get into episode 77. Okay. Which opens at the Harmony Opera House, where Louise has just opened the door behind Ethan, where Ethan, when Ethan goes, Teresa who? He says, <laughs> you know, because Louise says, I saw you here with Teresa, my sister. And he's like, Teresa who? And Luis is like, I'm sure she's probably in that door behind you. And he opens the door and he looks really quizzical, right? But then who is in that room? Gwen Hotchkiss has magically appeared and is in the dressing room backstage. I I was baffled. My note baffled. literally, my note literally says, what is going on? I was confused. I was so confused. I was like, how did Gwen get here? And yes. how does she factor in? And how does she know what's going on? Right. And don't worry. We'll tell you. Yeah. We'll walk you through it, folks. So much. So, Luis basically turns to Sheridan and Ethan and says exactly all the things that you just said. He's like, what is happening? What's going on? I definitely saw my sister. And Sheridan's like, look, you think that you saw her. So, she's trying to play up that you got thunked on the head with a bottle and you're imagining things and your brain is just a little fuzzy right now. And Luis isn't really having it so he insists on looking around and starts going through the crowd and uh ethan and everybody else kind of piles into the dressing room Teresa sneaks in to the dressing room they close the door and make a quick plan ethan's like i'm gonna call the driver Teresa, you're gonna go out the back stage door entrance to get in the car sheridan is gonna cover you on the way out like we're gonna get you home before Louise finds out that you were ever here. Yeah. So Teresa was hiding in that dressing room before um, when Louise came in 
but he didn't look around in that dressing room. Yeah, I think she must have yeah. been in the dressing room and then snuck out into the wings again. Because well, they... you could see her behind the wall. I think the way it was set up, she was in there because um, literally, then Sheridan kind of creeps around and says, "Teresa, you can come out, Teresa." She's in that room. Oh, with them. see the way it, I thought that she was like on the what on like the other side of a fly. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. She's in that room with them behind like a handy dandy wall. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, what else happens? What what then? Happens? Well, they start to execute the plan. So Luis has, is looking around. Sheridan's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go stall him and get him home as as late as I possibly can, so that Teresa can beat us there." Teresa goes out the back uh, the back door, the stage entrance, basically, uh, and then. Ethan's like, this is great. It all worked out well, and everyone's in, everyone's happy now. And Gwen's like, excuse me, I'm not happy, and I need to know what the hell is going on. Like, right. you owe me an explanation, because I showed up to surprise you, and all of a sudden, you pushed me into this room and said, go along with whatever happens. What is happening? Yeah. And what does he tell her? Uh, he's like, are you jealous? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> Are you jealous? Are you really insecure about this? Like, as if it's outlandish that she should be upset. Like, of course she should be upset. You're at the ballet with a beautiful woman who has stalked you, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And who's I think is in love with you, but you're not hearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, if I told my boyfriend, that girl, I think that girl is in love with you. I, I would expect him to take it seriously. I know myself well enough to know, like, it would really piss me off mm. if I was in that same scenario, in that mm. same situation. And I have already told you, this girl is in love with you. Yeah. And you're doing this. Well, and think about this from Gwen's perspective. Yeah. She, ha she had a long day at work. She decided to rush to get ready, come straight from work, get herself in the car, into hair and makeup, put on a gown. Get over to the benefit to surprise your boyfriend because you felt bad that he had to go to this thing by himself and you know he doesn't, isn't going to enjoy it. And the first thing that happens when you get there is a bunch of people start asking you if you broke up with, with your boyfriend because they saw him there with another woman. Yeah. And then you find out it's the other woman that you already told him you have a problem with. Mm-hmm. No. We, we about to have some real problems. Mm-hmm. Well, Gwen has some problems, you know. Yeah. Ethan being problem number one. <laughs> yeah, the biggest <laughs> problem of them all. Yeah. So they they argue a little bit, and Teresa, or sorry, and Gwen tells Ethan, you know, I see the way that girl looks at you. She has a crush on you, and she brings up that fortune cookie. And she's still talking about this fortune cookie that happened in, like, episode two. Yeah. Like, it was so long ago. It was, like, it was so, months ago. It was so long ago on the show like, in their time and in ours. Yeah. It was so long ago. And it's a fortune cookie. Yeah. Who, who, like, actually believes a fortune cookie? Like, they're fun to read and they're silly, but, like, who actually puts stock in a fortune cookie? Yeah, half the time they don't make any sense. Yeah. I've got many a fortune cookies that I'm like, this isn't even a sentence. Yes. <laughs> like, this doesn't make yeah. any sense. And it just shows me the character for, like, elephant and orange. Yeah. Like, right. I don't know. Okay. And like my lucky numbers. I love my lucky numbers. Yeah. I do <laughs> believe deep. No, I don't. Yeah, but she brings up that fortune cookie again. Like, yo, I am worried another woman is going to come between us. 
Ethan kind of laughs it off because it is absurd, and that makes her even angrier. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing it all wrong. Well, he's a talking hunk of concrete <laughs> with no emotional intelligence yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. So I think that's basically the Gwen and Ethan stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what happens to Teresa. Yeah. What happens to Teresa? Well, Teresa runs out back to go get back in the elegant limo, and she sees the driver, and she says, Mr. Crane said to take me home as fast as you can. And he's like, I'll get going as soon as I get this flat tire changed. Everybody's got a flat tire. <laughs> everybody's everybody's not taking care of their tires like they should. Who else had a flat tire? Miguel. Miguel, oh. the way I said that. <laughs> Miguel. McNell. McNell. But that wasn't his fault. I that forgot. Kay, yeah. like, stabbed his tires. Sabotaged him. Yeah. Yeah, so she has to wait. So she's in the car waiting. She's like, I hope I get there before Luis gets there. And God, I hope Sheridan can stall him. Yeah, and so they finally leave. And during this time, Sheridan is stalling hilariously. This woman's comedic chops are fantastic. Great. I didn't realize. Like, they have been underutilizing her. They have totally been under They have been underwriting Sheridan. Because yeah. we're. I really like this version of Sheridan. Me too. It was amazing. I hope we keep going with this version of Sheridan. Because it was fun. It was light. She was great. I mean, oh, wonderful. Hilarious. I, li- I love this, good hijinks. Yeah, and this little scene between the two of them was very tongue-in-cheek where she's just trying to find her keys and she's like I can't oh I'm trying to find my keys have you seen them she's just stalling for time and Louise stalling like, for time. can we go now yeah and he's like <laughs> she's like feeling for her keys inside her purse and he says like why don't you women ever look down in your purse when you're looking for something? It's like, it just seems like it would make it a lot easier. It's like, you always just feel around in there. And yeah. I looked at you and I was like, yeah, but yeah. that's how you find things in your purse. It's, you do I, it without using your eyes. Like I said to you then, I said, yeah, looking in is like a last resort. Yeah. Looking is for losers, <laughs> suckers. You don't know, you don't know the, the layout, the geography of your own purse. Right. You know? And most of them are like just satchels now anyway. Yeah, it's just a big bag. Yeah. Just a, throw, a grab bag. Just throw your hands down in there and see what you come out with. Yeah. You'll be suppressed some hard candies. And man, I always have so much some like paper clips. Different stuff down in my bag. Right now I probably have a lot of like student art. A lot of my kids have been giving me like Aww. art. I feel bad because I keep telling them like, oh, I'm going to put it in my refrigerator. And it's just in the bottom of my bag. <laughs> put it on the refrigerator. Yeah, you should um, take pictures of it and then you can put it on like your social media and then that way you don't have to keep because that's what I ended up doing because I just started getting so many pieces of art and I was like I can't keep these all but I want the memories and it's sweet you know yeah so yeah she's digging around in her purse and pretending like she can't find her keys and then she does find her key like on the she's like oh there it is well Luis threatened to call a cab because he's like this is taking too long this is stupid i need to get home and check in on my big on my kid sister and see what's going on and sheridan's like oh i found my key look here it is it must have fallen out on the ground and then she gets in the car and she buckles her seat belt and she adjusts every mirror three times (laughs) so good it was great it was great he's just looking at her like what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. And then he says, like, 
well, at least I know your driving skills have gotten better. At least I know you won't kill me on our way home. And she immediately, like, cranks up the car and almost hits a car. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, look out for the car. She's like, what? <laughs> it was good. It was a good scene. We're not doing it justice. No, it we're not. Good, was I was scene. laughing. I was laughing. We, yeah. That so. Was a good scene. So they go they go back to the Lopez Fitzgerald home and mm-hmm. what do they find there? They find Teresa in her room sound asleep. Knock the fuck out. She's asleep in her bed. He like barges into her room. Look, Luis wakes up Teresa in a similar way that he woke up Chad when he was <laughs> when he was sleeping no. in that in that um door frame because at first he kind of like was like, "Hey kid," and he kind of like kicked the door frame to like wake him up a little bit. That's exactly what it did to Teresa. He kicked her bed frame to shake it to wake her up. Yeah, he did. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Isn't there a better way? He said he turned on the lights and came in. And then kicked her bed. And started talking. Maybe put your hand on their shoulder and rub them gently. Hey, wake up. You know? He thinks she's being deceptive. He doesn't want to be gentle with her. Oh, okay. Get your ass up. (laughs) Where were you? Teresa puts on a quite the show. Yeah, she rolls over. She's like, Louise, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to sleep. What are you doing in my room in the middle of the night? He goes, were you at the Harmony Opera House with Ethan Crane tonight? And she's like, oh, yes. And I also had dinner at Buckingham Palace with Queen Elizabeth. And rolls over. (laughs) It was really great. It was really great. Oh, again. Again? I'm so proud of Teresa. She, and she thinks she has gotten away with this. Yeah. But we know she has not. Nah, that picture is going to come out. Unless, yeah. well, the, well, the Cranes own the Harmony Herald. So maybe they'll stop it from being published. Although it's going to be in magazines. They don't own other magazines. I don't, well, I don't know. We'll no, find out. We'll find out. But Teresa has, has won the day. Yeah. Uh, Sheridan says, hey, you know, this was an interesting tidbit. And I feel like if I were Luis... This would have clued me off because he wakes Teresa up, but Sheridan is there and she says nothing about it. Right? Like if somebody woke uh, you up and you look I'm like, why is Sheridan Crane in my bedroom? Yeah. She says nothing about it. She's in no way shocked to see Sheridan. Uh, that's a good point. I would be, wouldn't you be very shocked? I am shocked at just how bad a detective Luis is. He's terrible. He should not make a detective. No, it doesn't he seem like it. He needs to remain a beat cop. Yeah. Doing what you're doing. Pulling you're... guns on everyone. Ugh, Come on, Luis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I To me, I would have like, that would have been a little clue. I feel that's like. a good point. I didn't think of that, but that's a really good point. Yeah, if someone... If my brother was in my room, that would already that would already be weird enough. I live six hundred miles away from him. Yeah. <laughs> but then if like he brought some woman, and I didn't address it. Well, if he brought like my employer's if niece. he brought like Oprah with him, <laughs> right? Sher- it's Sheridan Crane, right? You know. And as far as Louise knows, she doesn't know Sheridan Crane. Mm, yeah. Well, I she met her that one time at the party, but as far. She, I mean, why she works at the house, so it, it, she works at the Crane house, so it's very plausible that she knows Sheridan. You know what I mean? And she's been there for months. Well, he doesn't know she works there, though. Oh, right. I keep forgetting. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Oh, Luis. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, so, anyway, I've, I've talked a lot about this, but yeah, it just seems like that would be a little bit of, like, odd. 
you didn't say anything about Sheridan, but maybe maybe he'll pick up on it later. Maybe. Yeah. Um. So they go out. Sheridan's like, see, Louise, she's let your sister sleep. She clearly hasn't been anywhere tonight. And they go back out. And then what happens? They just chat a little bit. So Teresa gets out of bed. She's she's still in that ball gown. Like she barely got in that in the door and under the covers before Louise came in. Um, and she's dancing around in her ball gown and she's reminiscing about her wonderful night and she's so excited. She spins around. A lovely night, a lovely night, a finer night you know you'll never see. That's from Cinderella. It's perfect. It is perfect. It's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what she's having a lovely night moment. It's 100% what is happening. And on the other side of the wall... Luis is like, you know what? Something's up. I'm going to go in there and check on her again. And Sheridan saves the goddamn day. Yeah, because Teresa has not gotten... I would have ripped that dress off. <laughs> you know right? what I mean? Like, I get, would get have gotten that out of that as me. fast as possible. Yeah. But she's just spinning and twirling around in her room. Looking at the pictures that she... Her newly her mm-hmm. clipped out magazine pictures that are hanging in her room again. Of, of Ethan. And she's just spinning and twirling and having a good old grand old time. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Sheridan stops him from coming back in. I think she kind of starts an argument to get him to... Like, she apologizes about the bottle, and then they start a little bit of a tiff about rich people. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and I think it was a stall- another stalling tactic. Yeah. So but go it Sheridan. Works. It works. Go Sheridan. Go Sheridan. We, you know, I approve of this direction for Sheridan. Absolutely. I know we gave her a lot of shit episodes one through, like, 35 but she deserved it. She's getting she's getting better, I think. Sheridan episodes one through thirty-five deserved everything that we said about it. Watch her. me have to eat those words in like five episodes. <laughs> I stand by it. Stand by it. But I like where she's headed. Yeah. All right. So that's everything at this home, yes? Yes. So where should we go next? I think we should follow Simone to the pool hall. Yes. Let's go to the pool hall. Great. Uh, so Simone has left, she snuck out, uh, in the middle of the night and we find her in what appears to be, if like you put a horror movie in the alleyway in Baltimore in the eighties, it's like a skid row. Like it was wildly inconsistent with the rest of the town of harmony as we know it well the interesting thing is and i don't know if you noticed this but it's the same set as the harbor it's the exact same set as the harbor they've just put vagabonds on it and like some trash and as if during the day it's one way and during the night it's another way but i think she was in a different part of town but it was the harbor set yeah yeah it was the same because it's the same payphone that frank lomax was was on yeah yeah so i but anyway it was just absurd because like the harmony that we know and love is like i said it's, it's just completely inconsistent with what they're now telling us happens in this part of town after 11 p.m. Yeah. I don't it was just really bizarre. It was very odd. It was like I was at 125th in Lexington at like you, 4 a.m. Yeah. Any time <laughs> of the day. Any time of the day. I get there at 7:35 and it's off the chain. 
the people and the trash and the birds. So many pigeons. Oh, man. Oh, it's the worst station in the city. Yeah, All right. substitute, like, seagulls for for pigeons, and that's basically what, yep. what Harmony is. Yeah, right now. Yeah, it's so weird. You're right. It's just such an odd... Because what we've seen of Harmony is that it's like a nice small community. It couldn't be more like affluent white picket fence. Yeah. But they have a skid row. Yeah. Apparently, which is where the pool hall is. Yeah. So Simone picks up the phone and calls Kay. She picks up that pay phone <laughs> and she calls Kay and says, Kay, I'm on my way to the pool hall, but there are some really weird people out at night. Yeah. <laughs> She's scared. She's frightened. She's scared. And she, she, so she's, she basically says goodbye. And scurries off to the pool hall, and behind her is Whitney. Her big sister caught her sneaking out and is following her around town. Yeah, so Whitney's hot on her trail, right? She's like, I'm going to get you, and we're going to go home and be good girls together. Boring sisters together, right? Sisters, sisters, never were the such devoted sisters. (laughs) 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 I'll never take my eye off you. I don't know. I'm making it up. (laughs) Lauren, I had to sing that for a Christmas party one year. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) The worst thing. Sisters. Sisters. Hilarious. What a dumb part of my life. Okay. What a dumb. (laughs) The dumbest part of my life was that. There was actually one other party that I had to sing at, which was actually the worst. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not, it was not, I don't want to like out anybody Mm -hmm. or like say anything rude Mm -hmm. about people who, you know, paid me money to to do what Mm -hmm. I do. But man, Mm. I hear you. The life of a performer is is an odd one. The people we have to deal with. The the things we have to fucking put up with. I, I, you know, what can I? Let's talk about passions. Let's, I, <laughs> let's talk about passions. Let's talk about what's going on with Chad mm-hmm. in the pool hall yep. before Simone and Whitney arrive. So Chad's in the pool hall and he has just won a game of pool against this guy. And this guy owes him money, right? It's the money he was going to use to pay for his burger and his fries, something to eat at this bar. And this guy's like trying to stiff him. And he's like, I don't have any money. So Chad roughs him up and he pushes him down on the pool table and he takes his money he's like is this the money you said you don't have and he's like <laughs> i'll be taking this then and then uh chad feeling real proud of himself goes and sits down at the table and this guy comes over and like pulls out a switchblade and points it at him and he's like you're not so tough now are you and then chad's like hmm. <laughs> basically chad has his like that's not a knife moment. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that was the worst this I've ever done. This is a knife. This is a knife. This is a knife. That's not, that's not a knife. This is a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> I can't do it. If, if Crocodile Dundee was Swedish, maybe. <laughs> this is a knife. Hergen Flergen. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sleepy. Please, let's keep going. Okay. So, uh, so dude pulls out a knife on Chad, and they... Fight. They yeah. fight. Chad beats his ass. He sure does. And literally nobody blinks. Nobody, nobody bats an eye. No one turns to look. <laughs> no one calls the police. No one is concerned. Like it like Chad knocks this dude out cold. Yeah, he, he just is lays flat out flat on his back on the ground out. Yeah. Out. And no one does anything about it. Yeah. Nothing. So no. during this fight, Simone comes in and she screams, Chad! 
she sees him while he's fighting this uh, guy. And, you know, it scares her. So she watches the whole thing, basically. And then he knocks the guy out. And then Simone's like, oh, my goodness, you're bleeding. And she's kind of doting on him. And she's, like, worried about him. And in walks Whitney. Whitney, you followed me here? Says Simone. And Whitney's like, yes, I did. And good thing. Because look at look at what is happening. What are you doing in this seedy part of town? I'm embarrassed to even be here. And you should, too. And then she threatens to call the cops. She's like, yeah. the, chief of, the chief of police is a close family friend. And d- do not make me call him. Like, you are coming home with me now. Yeah. Because Simone is trying to say, no, I'm not going to come home with you. Yeah. And Whitney... Whitney also is like, is this what you want? A common street fighter? A common street fighter. First of all, girl, this is a bar. That was a bar fight. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, is this what you want? And then, yeah, she's like, and I we, I can call the police, and I can call the chief of police. And, but Simone's not having it. She's, she's like, not budging. She's like, I'm going to stay here with Chad and watch him shoot some pool. And Whitney like pulls out the ace in, from her pocket and says, well, if you're not going to come, then I'm going to call dad. Yeah. And someone's like, okay, I'll come with you. No problem. Don't yeah. call dad. Please don't call dad. She's like, never mind. I'm see you later, Chad. <laughs> yeah. And Chad kind of likes this conflict. He likes that he, that these sisters are kind of fighting over him. He's, he, he's enjoying this a little bit. Some, yeah. A little ego boost for him. Yeah. And so before they leave, Simone turns to Chad and she's like, well, will I be seeing you around? And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to be sticking around for a little while. So Chad has decided to stay in in harmony for a little while, at Mm -hmm. least for a small amount of time. He's intrigued by these Russell girls. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, after they leave, he goes over to the bar and the bartender says some weird stuff. It was just a way he just needed somebody to talk to. Chad needed someone to discuss what happened. Yeah, and so... Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. 100%. So he goes over to the bartender. Like, this is just for plot purposes that this happened. And he asks for his burger and fries, and the bartender has a weird conversation. He's like, oh, I thought you were going to use that money that you're going to pay for this burger with to get out of Harmony. Like, I overheard you talking about it. And Chad's like, I might stick around for a while, but we'll see. Who knows? And the bartender looks at him and says, that little girl's heart is going to be broken if you leave. Yeah, he was really paying a lot of attention to the goings-on of these teenagers. But not to the man who just got punched punched and is blacked out on his floor. Yeah. I I don't know. He didn't say anything to Chad about it. Nothing. Mentioned nothing about the fight. Nary a word. I feel like that just, maybe that's what they were trying to tell us, that this is that kind of place. That's. Does How it, rough this bar does is. Does that kind of place actually exist? No. Where you could get into a knife fight and no one would bat an eye. And nobody says anything And no, it. Yeah, right? Like is, I, like, is this the wild fucking West? No. The wild, wild West. <laughs> the wild, wild, wild West. We go into them. All right. All right. But uh, yeah. And then the bartender is like, man, that older one sure is beautiful. Talking about Whitney. Yeah, it was weird. And then Chad, to his credit, says, yeah, they're both beautiful. Which is true. They are. They're both beautiful. And it's appropriate for Chad, a high schooler, to find other high schoolers beautiful. Yeah. But this grown man tending bar 
probably shouldn't talk about how beautiful children are. Probably not. Again, another problem. Everyone in Harmony is a fucking pedo. <laughs> not everyone, Sam. He better not be. My <laughs> heart will. Not. My heart will break. Sam's not. Sam's not. A Sam's pedo. perfect in every way. So that's everything with Chad at the bar. Now let's see what happens with Whitney and Simone when they go home. So they head home, and over at the Russell home. TC and Eve are having like a whole thing in their bedroom, right? What are they talking about? Eve wants to know what the fuck is up with her husband and her husband want, doesn't want to tell her the truth. Yeah. And so Eve's like, look, I know you're keeping something from me. You can trust me. I'm supposed to be your partner. What is going on? And TC won't give anything up. And so Eve's like, look, at least let me look at your leg. I can see you're in pain. I see that it hurts you. I am a doctor. Let me try to help. And TC gets really mad at her and kind of snaps at her, kind of yells at her. He's like, nobody can help me. Nobody can help me with my leg. And then he's yeah. like, and he's like, like, let it go. And then they're like, turn out the lights and go to bed. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah, it is really weird. And then they're going to sleep fully clothed, by the way. Yeah. TC was in like slacks, like khakis, khakis and, and a like t-shirt. A belt. Yeah. And Eve looked like she had on like, a sweatsuit? Like, it's not something yeah. you sleep in. It I wasn't so, really I a sometimes sleep, like, sleep in, like, a full thing like that, but it, it did look more like day wear. Yeah, it wasn't pajamas. It was, like, sportswear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. It was just something I noticed, because I don't wear anything to bed, so as looking at them putting on, wearing all those clothes to bed, I'm like, how do you sleep like that? <laughs> how can you sleep like that? I certainly, oh, my God, I'd be miserable. Well, I gotta let it air out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of personal information, Latara. Whatever. <laughs> True. All right. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, they go to sleep, and then TC wakes up and sneaks out off to the shed. The oh, shed is back. The shed is back after like seventy episodes. I told you it was gonna take a long time. Didn't you I? did? I really was like. Well, this is over. We're never going to find out what's happening in the shed. Yeah, but nope. it, it came back, back up. Yeah. He sneaks out and Eve wakes up and she goes to stare out the window at her husband who is has snuck off to the shed. Look. Who's keeping a body in the shed. If my husband, if I had a husband, A, had a secret place in our house that was always locked, that I was never allowed to go into or ask questions about, um, and he was sneaking off in the middle of the night to go do some secret thing in it. Guess what? Mm -mm. I'd be finding out all about it mm -mm. because obviously there's, he's murdering and dismembering people in the shed. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that's not what TC was actually doing, but that's where my head would go. Yeah. I First mean, thing. There's no telling what it is. It could be anything. It could be anything. It could be innocuous. He could be, he could be making like homebrew beers. But he also could be murdering and dismembering people. And let's be honest, it's nobody locks, the latter. Yeah, nobody locks up a place and keeps it a secret from you unless they're doing something either weird or illegal. Yeah, something nefarious for yeah. sure. So it it could be like maybe he has like a weird doll collection, but it's still fucking weird. It's weird enough that he won't let his life partner know about it. Yeah. And that's fucked up. Yeah. Maybe he just keep that's just where he keeps his lunchables. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want them touching his lunchables 
That's why it keeps them out there. <laughs> what kind of Lunchables? The pizza ones. Oh, okay. Not the or little the turkey and ones. cheese crackers? Yeah, the cracker ones, the pizza ones, the, the nuggets. There's nugget Lunchables? Mm-hmm. We never were allowed to have Lunchables. Oh, I never had Lunchables. No. Yeah. And also, once I did have them, I was like, these are gross. Lunchables are nasty. They just are so, they're packaged in such an appealing way. Yeah, but they taste disgusting. Yeah. The pizza ones are awful. That sauce is just pure sugar. Mm. It's nasty. I hate sweet uh, tomato sauce. Mm-mm. Like I, I actually made sauce yesterday, and it's so easy, y'all. It's basil, water, and tomatoes. That's Boom. all you need for a marinara. Boom. You're welcome. <laughs> so TC's out in his lunchable shed. And <laughs> <laughs> He's just out for a midnight snack. Yeah, that's all it is. He had his glass of milk. Now he needs a lunchable. Yeah, and I mean it's pretty shameful for an adult to eat lunchables. So I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I cracked it. <laughs> I cracked this cake. Um, so Eve is just kind of staring out the window. Then the girls come home mm-hmm. and manage to sneak back in unnoticed. Yeah. And they sneak back in unnoticed. And Whitney goes off on Simone. I mean, she's kind of like talking like this, kind of half whispering yeah. it. But she says, she says, look, you can't do this shit. If you do it again, I'm going to tell mom and dad, cut it out and be a good girl. And Simone's like, fine. And, like, goes back to her room. And then Whitney goes and knocks on her mother's door. Yeah, she goes and knocks on Eve's door. Wearing her jacket. Mm-hmm. You clearly have been outside. Knocks on her door and walks into Eve's room. Eve says, come in, first of all. And she's standing in the window just watching TC in the dark. So not even watching TC. They're just looking at the, She's just looking That's at the right. shed. Yeah, TC you can't not see even him. Yeah, you can just see the shed. And lets her daughter in the room. So then Whitney comes in looking very suspicious because of her clothing and Eve doesn't comment on that. And then they just stand together and look at the shed. Maybe they all just sleep fully clothed and in their day clothes. Maybe they just all sleep in their day clothes. You know, I will say one time I was so cold. This is when I was living in Ohio and it was like negative 30. Oh yeah. And I was so fucking cold and and I had like quilts. I had like multiple quilts on my bed and it wasn't warm enough. And Mm -hmm. I put on like my fucking bathrobe and like my footy pajamas I put a hat on my head. Like, I fully slept in my like, I, outside clothes. I slept in my coat, like, once or twice yeah. where I was like, it's so cold. It's so cold. It's so cold. Yeah, I actually would have on, like, my um, onesie and, like, my coat and, mm-hmm. like, a hood. And, mm-hmm. yeah, just, like, bundled up. I had to do that a couple times when we had those polar vortexes yeah, come through. It was, like, negative 47 degrees. Yeah. It was insane. The, all the pipes were frozen. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. It's like you couldn't be outside for more than three minutes or your body would just c- cease to exist. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I was talking to my friend today. I went to the park with my uh, friend and I was telling her because she's talking about moving to Chicago. And oh. I told her, I'll never move back to the Midwest. Mm. I, I will never do it. Well, you get the lake effect there too. So it's, it's extra cold. I will never do it. It's too cold mm-hmm. and it snows nine months out of the year. It's too cold. It's true. It does. Mm, I can't do it. I will never do it again. Less I said more now, power to you. But. Less snow now with global warming. I will say <laughs> as a child, as a child who grew up in Ohio, like there was, we had more snow. Oh, yeah? Like, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and then like as I a, got older, it was less and less. I felt like it was a lot while I was there. It was still a lot, but less than usual. Yeah. So anyway, I, what are we talking about? Uh. We've done all the Russell things. Oh, we got to do Castleton and Timmy and Tabitha. We got to do Castle, Castleton, Timothy, Timothy. <laughs> got to do Castleton, Timmy. 
train tracks they did it they have laid her across the tracks like penelope pit stop that's right and so the trains the trains are coming chugga, 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 think chugga, i can i think chugga, i can i think i right can. and thomas the tank engine is about to murder charity oh thomas would be very upset he by would that. be sad by it he wasn't there a mean like one the, there's a, yeah well not percy girl no let's not do this okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> not about to go down all the tank engines that I know, not showing that knowledge today, <laughs> but it's James. All right. So. James, the tank engine is hurtling down the tracks, getting ready to crush charity. To yeah. Death. If anybody wouldn't mind crushing charity, it's James. All, All right. right. Showing off his might and strength. <laughs> this is so stupid. Okay. So charity's on the train tracks. And Tabitha's like, all right, we've done it. Let's get off of these tracks. So she runs off the tracks and Timmy's foot is stuck. Of course it is. Of course, his tiny foot. His teeny tiny foot. He got it stuck. He got stuck. He got stuck under the track somehow. And so she's trying to get him off the tracks before the train comes. And she does it. She gets him off the tracks, right? And then they hear Kay and Miguel approaching. And so they're like, fuck. And they go and hide in the woods so they can watch charity be smushed and make sure that they're not seen while doing it mm -hmm. because Kay has convinced miguel to go back to harmony and she has ha come up with this whole plan in her head she says okay charity's probably hitchhiking her way back to harmony on the main road now so if i can get miguel to take this shortcut i'll tell him it's a shortcut and we'll go to the old road and go back that way that way we won't see her at all and we, we won't run into her right so she has this plan to not bump into charity right mm -hmm. and so they take this quote shortcut through the woods and then Kay sees charity on the train tracks passed out laid across like penelope what's her name pit stop like penelope pit stop and she says Oh my God. And Miguel, a few feet away from her, can't see what's happening, turns to her and says, what's going on? And Kay says, nothing. And nothing. Kay, not, and this is not to her credit at all. <clears throat> this is just to say what happens. Kay does look like she is having a slight like moment of what do I do? But the, the mere fact that she doesn't know what the right thing to do is right now. Speaks volumes. Speaks volumes. The mere fact that she's even hesitant to say to Miguel, oh my God, it's Charity on the train tracks and the train is coming. And then, so she says nothing. And it's like, oh, it's nothing. And tries to like keep Miguel from coming over to see it. Yeah. And she was going to let Charity get run over by a train, y'all. I don't know what else I need to say. There are still people on, on our Instagram being like, oh, I like Kay. Are you serious? Yes, yes, girl. People are like, oh, I like Kay. Y'all crazy. Blah, blah, blah. How? Indefensible. Uh-uh. I, 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 uh -uh. She was going to let her get run over by a train. I mean, a train. Run down by a train. A locomotive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. 
So Miguel kind of walks over to Kane's like, what's going on? And then he's, he actually sees Charity past her. He's like, oh my God, it's Charity. And Kay goes, what? And turns back like, oh my God, how did I possibly miss that? It was directly in my line of sight. And then he tries to go get her, but Kay stands in his way and holds him back. And it's like, no, Miguel, it's too dangerous. You can't go onto the tracks right now. The train is coming. No, it's holding him back. And he fought. And I was like, why does, if it were me, I would have pushed her to the ground. I would have punched her teeth out of her face, gotten her out of the way and gone to get charity. Like, I I mean, come on. I wouldn't have even been trying to hurt her. I just would have been so frantic that I would have used great force getting her out of my way. Absolutely. And so he finally pushes past her. And then the train comes by, and we're like, okay. And it, it happens so fast. So fast. And it cuts to Tabitha and Timmy, and Tabitha's like, that train came so fast. There's no way that boy got charity. It's impossible. And we then we cut to Kay, who's screaming, oh, my God, Miguel. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? I've lost the only boy I've ever loved. And then it cuts to charity safely in Miguel's arms. Yep. He's got her. He did it. He saved her three times. He's got her. He saved her in just in the nick of time. And so he's like, I got, we got to get her. We got to find a ride and get her some help. Like we got to get out of here. Yeah. And then Tabitha's pretty upset that her plan doesn't work. She's like, ah, again, she's defeated. Right. Mm. And that angel appears. And remember, Miguel was just saying a prayer for charity. Yeah. I think that's all part of this. I think so, yeah. It seems to be like whenever he or somebody prays, but it seems to be especially potent with him. But whenever he prays, that statue starts to cry. Father Longan points it out at the church, and then the angel appears. Yeah. Yeah. So the angel appears on the tracks to Tabitha, and (laughs) Tabitha's like, you, I should have known it was you, you bloody angel. And she grabs the angel and starts to shake her, but is burned by the angel. And on her hands are two crosses burned into her hands like stigmata. Like, yeah. Like it she, was she, crazy. T- Tabitha has like stigmata. Well, cross stigmata. Cross stigmata. It's weird. It's very strange. It was very weird. I, I was watching it and didn't fully understand it. I was like, and what? then I was like, <laughs> does she have stigmata now? What the hell she is does. going on? That, so, but, so that's what happened. That's why. So that's what happened. <laughs> so that's, that's what, what happened, happened today. Yeah. So a wild ride. Yeah. That's everything for this episode. Yes. That's all of it. Woo, that was a lot. All right. So we're going to take a little short break, but we'll be back. Don't you worry. We'll be back. We hope you'll be back too. I certainly hope so. <laughs> all right. We'll see you on the other side of this. Welcome back to Passions Podcast Part 2. Welcome back to to Passions Podcast Part 2. We we weren't sure where that was going to go. I was like, ah, we're going to fuck this one up. Yeah. All right. So, Passions, episode 78. Um, Where do you want to start? It's all, this one was all over the place. It was all over the place. It went everywhere. It 
we're getting to a place in the show now where before they used to kind of show every location, we're going to be here, here, and here. Uh, and then they do their little introductory song. And then we stay in those four locations or five locations, whatever. But there's so many locations now that they trick you and they think, oh, we're going to be in these three places, the whole show, the whole episode. And then after the introduction, they bring back like four other locations. A new there's location. So much. Yeah, we're in a bunch of places yeah. today. So I guess we, we start should... the Russell home. Yeah, I think we should just kind of mm-hmm. go chronologically. So we open up at the Russell home where Whitney is like washing a dish and having a flashback to Chad's bar fight and of her yelling at Simone, is this what you want? A common street fighter? And then Eve comes in and startles Whitney and she drops a glass and mm-hmm. it breaks. Right. And then Eve asks, why, why are you so jumpy? Like, what's the problem here? And then she's like, oh, is it about your father? Is it about the, the shed? And so then Whitney's like, yeah, it's just about last night, about uh, the shed and daddy. And I'm definitely not hiding anything. Yeah. And then they talk about how sometimes Whitney says, sometimes he doesn't go in there for months. And then others, he goes in every single night. So what's in there? And then she finds out that Eve has never even been in there. Yeah. And Eve is like, oh, well, it's your father's private sanctuary. Lots of people have a an office or a study or a place that no one knows what g- goes on behind the door. And that's perfectly normal and reasonable for me not to know what, what's happening. Uh, and Whitney's like, well, then why don't we ever talk about it if it's so normal? Yeah. If yeah. this is such a typical thing, then why is it this weird secret that we all know is going on but never discuss? Yeah. TC's got a she shed. You know, have you I seen know what those commercials? Is. Yes. Cheryl she shed. I think Kiki just has a man cave. We're gonna have to burn it down. It's just like a No, because it's a, a shed. It's, it's a gotta be a she shed. It's a detached cave. It's a shed. It's a she shed. <laughs> All right. So yeah, they talk about his she shed. <laughs> his ears must have been burning because he comes in. Yeah, he comes down and just starts being real intense with Whitney about tennis because she's got a match this afternoon. Well, what sets him off is that he sees a piece of broken glass on the floor. And she's like, oh, I broke the glass and I missed this little piece when we get rid of it. And he's like, well, you have to be so careful because if you injure your hand, you're out for the whole season. If one little cut could stop you from the Olympic trials you've got an important match this afternoon. like, And that's kind of what yeah. sends him down this which, path of craziness. Which I don't believe for a second is the case. No. A, one cut? One Look, little cut? I think Serena Williams, like, she played, won the Australian Open, pregnant. Right? <laughs> I'm just going to say, if I can go on stage and sing with a fucking head cold, like, yeah. you can probably play tennis with a cut on your hand. A, a, a small cut? You yeah, you can, you can deal with that. Right. All right, so... He starts being really intense about tennis. And then he asks about Simone. He's like, uh, where's Simone? I want to say good morning to her. And Eve says, well, she left early for school. I think she didn't want to have to talk to me. Yeah. Um, She's obviously heard about it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Eve, well, Eve has always said that Simone is a lot like her. And so I think she's starting, she's always felt close to Simone, but now she's starting to see her drift apart and is also really worried that she's going to continue on a path that much like the mother got her in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So they will get her in a lot of trouble. TC and Eve talk a little bit about Simone and he's like, don't worry. She'll be perfect. Just like you. (gasps) And that really bothers Eve. And we've seen this before that when he 
gives her any kind of like compliment about being a great person or being perfect, she's like, don't say that, you know? And he calls her perfect and she's like, stop calling me perfect. I'm far from perfect. He's like, you know, yes, you are. You're my wife. And I think you're perfect. Okay. TC. I think I would get very annoyed for someone to put me on a pedestal like that. And then, because without them saying it, I would then feel like I have to always be perfect, which I already struggle with a little bit. Mm. Like I always want to do everything right and always be perfect and never make a mistake, you know? So I know that's not his intention, but I understand why she struggles with it on top of feeling her own guilt. Yeah. I, I had a friend who would constantly be like, you're perfect. You're amazing. You're beautiful. And you're the most amazing person I've ever met. And, but it never felt right. Like it always felt like that person was saying it almost to make me feel bad that they weren't as good as I was. Like they, like I was supposed to tell them, no, you're perfect. Uh, and it's like, I don't think you're perfect, but I also don't think I'm perfect. Like you know, a, like a manipulation tactic to get you to compliment them in a way. I don't know. It always felt like this person was saying those things in a way to like make me feel bad for them because they felt bad about themselves. And I hated that. It made me feel very uncomfortable. And I kept telling this person, like, please stop saying that to me. Like, Mm. I don't, it's very uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. And for you to like dote on me, it's very uncomfortable. I don't like it. Yeah. So I get where Eve is coming from. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And especially because she's carrying around this guilt of this big secret that we don't, we don't know what it is yet, but we know it's big. Yeah. Because then TC and, uh, um, Whitney leave the mm-hmm. house and Eve immediately has a flashback of the fortune teller. We get multiple fortune teller flashbacks this episode. We basically have like episode 78 is like half of, of, of new footage and half of like episode six footage of like Tabitha, the fortune teller wreaking havoc. And it's so interesting because they started that storyline so long ago. And then, you know, we haven't really thought that much about it. And now it's like time to bring it back. It's time to really bring it back. Yeah. And I'm very excited because remember when we first saw those scenes and we're like, Ooh, what is all of this? Intrigue and mystery. Yeah. Now like 70 episodes later, we get to find out a little bit more at least. I'm thrilled because that, yeah, when that, uh, little bit of foreshadowing happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be exciting. And then we just didn't do anything for like 40 episodes. Yeah, so she has that fortune teller flashback where Tabitha, the fortune teller, tells her, I know what you did. I know what you're hiding. I know your secret. And your husband wouldn't be too happy, would he? You know? Mm. So she has that little flashback and we're off to the races. So let's follow TC and Whitney to the book cafe. Okay. So over at the book cafe, TC and Whitney are on their way. But before they get there, Chad comes in and says, hey, Beth, uh, is it all right if I work a few hours here in exchange for some breakfast? And Beth, being the sweet person she is, is like, yeah, sure. Grab a dish towel. Grab a mug. Yep. Yeah. She's like, wipe some shit down. Refresh some coffee. Sure. Play some play some cool tunes. She's like, I'll give you a muffin. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. So he is crouched down like doing something behind the counter when Whitney and TC come in so they don't see him there. Mm-hmm. So then Whitney 
and TC come in and they sit down and then they have a conversation. What do they talk about? Tennis. Yep. Always tennis. TC is constantly pushing his agenda onto his daughter. Yeah. You know, and is she a tennis prodigy? Did I say that word right? I feel like you said prodigy slash progeny. I feel like, which, which, both, which both work. Which worth they both work, but I feel like you mixed them together. I feel like somehow. I did. Like yeah. I heard it come out of my mouth. I was like, oh. but he is her tennis progeny yeah. and progeny. <laughs> like, Wait a second. What what just had come out of my mouth? Yeah. Anyway, he's always pushing his agenda onto her, and she is a very talented player. She works really hard. She has her own goals and his, and dreams. But I think his goals and dreams kind of supersede hers. He's kind of like a stage mom. Yep. I was just about to say he is a momager. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a stage mom. Only he's a dad and he's tennis. He's a dadager. And he's a, he's living somewhat vicariously through his child. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's trying to keep her from making, I think part of it is the same thing that Eve is doing. Mm -hmm. He's doing it to Whitney and she's doing it to Simone. Mm -hmm. Where he's trying to keep her from making the same mistakes that he made that ruined his career. But the thing is, is sometimes that turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy where Mm -hmm. where you try to drive a wedge between a person and the thing that you want them to stay away from it and it drives them away from you and towards that thing or that person you know so i i don't know they they talk about tennis how it needs to be a priority she can't trade in or throw away her dreams um and somehow they start talking about simone and chad i guess basically how she's more focused yeah because he he says how proud he is of her for being able to maintain her priorities and that he wishes Simone could do that as well. Mm. Yeah. And he talks about how there, there will be plenty of time for boys after she wins the Olympics kind of thing, you know, like, nah, she, after she wins the Olympics, she's just going to be like selling fruit loops. Yeah. You know, and Wheaties and signing deals with Adidas. And, well, and also how hard would it be and playing more tennis? To be a, a young person who has reached the pinnacle of, you know, whatever sport you play. And then what comes next? What comes next? <laughs> You've Do been you free. Oh, we yeah. picked different verses. That's okay. Um, you know, I think it's weird. Yeah. To like, to work so hard, so young, reach the peak of that. And along the way, basically have access to like anything you want and then you have the rest of your life to like look back on it and say well what what do I do now well and also think about the kind of people that come into your life when you become successful right exactly and how dangerous it is for young people to reach a certain level of success too early because they have all of these different people come into their lives and like give them things and influence them in ways that they probably shouldn't because it's better for them. You know, it's like, well, how can I use your talent and your fame and your achievements Mm -hmm. and how can I benefit from it? And so they often, you know, are giving them poor guidance. Yeah. So anyway, TC is really pushing Whitney. And then he says he wishes basically kind of wishes Simone would be more like Whitney. Yeah. That's no secret. He's he's pretty obvious about that all the time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's sad, honestly. They talk about Chad a little bit, mm-hmm. and TC again defends Chad because when he's like, "That boy's a loser," and TC's like, "He's not a loser. 
he's got, you know, there's a lot going on with him. He says he's just a little rough around the edges, yeah. but if you got to know him, he probably he probably wouldn't be as bad as you think yeah. he is. A diamond in the rough. A diamond. Only one may enter here. A diamond in the rough. I'm trying to get a love cave Aladdin. of wonders. I the can't cave, get my voice deep enough. The cave of wonders. My voice is pretty low today. You hear that? My voice is pretty low today. It's so low. Yeah. All right. So partying hard last night. No, you know I don't even know what it is. I think it's the weather change part of it. And I was outside yesterday a lot, and it was pretty windy. I'm pretty sure that's part of it. Also, even though it's noon, it feels like six a.m. <laughs> Fair. All right. So. Chad in the background is doing his work and he starts playing that goddamn song again. <gasps> That's ah, what it is. And uh, it's just so annoying. So there's that going on in the background. And then we start having some flashbacks. While TC and Whitney are talking to each other, they both start having like separate flashbacks to the fortune teller. So Whitney remembers the part where the fortune teller t- tells her that she'll cause a murder if she continues to pursue tennis. Mm-hmm. And so I think... And that is going to be her father. And that's going to be her father, right? And uh, then TC has his flashback of uh, when Tabitha tells him that his dad like suffered an early death because of somebody. And if he ever finds out who that person is, he's going to kill that person. Right. And Whitney, after having her flashback, says to TC, are you okay, daddy? Yeah. Are you all right? He's like, oh, right? of course I'm fine. I, I'm great. Why would you even ask something like that? And then she gets up to use the, t- the payphone to call Teresa. Yeah. And it's a good, convenient excuse to get her out of the way so that Chad and TC can talk. Oh, boy. And do they talk? And do they ever? Do they ever talk? So Chad comes over to refill TC's coffee and... TC looks up at him and he's like, oh, hey, Chad, what's with the black eye? You know? And Chad's like, oh, well, you know, I thought you would have heard an an earful by now. It's, you know, some asshole at the pool hall decided to beat me up last night. But don't worry, I set him straight. Yeah. And TC's like, what do you mean I would have heard an earful by now? Like, how would I know? He's like, I thought your daughter would have blabbed to you by now. And Whitney, at this point, kind of turns around, sees Chad talking to her dad. He's like, I got to go, Teresa. Hangs up the payphone, <laughs> runs over, sits down. He's like, hey, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. And TC's like, Chad's just telling me that he got beat up at the pool hall. And, and you he, know all about and it. And you somehow know about it. How, did, how, how could my daughter know anything about a bar fight at a pool hall? You know. And then Chad covers for her. And he's like. Oh, well, I bumped into her. I told her all about it. I figured she would have told you all about it by now, you know, because she hates me so much. <laughs> no. He covers. He does a good job, too. Yeah. And then that's when TC gets up to leave. Mm-hmm. And once he leaves, um, Whitney thanks Chad yes. for covering for her. Mm-hmm. And they, they talk a little bit. And... Somehow it turns into Whitney being a little defensive and she looks at Chad and she says, look, I don't lie and I don't keep secrets. And Chad sits down across from her and says, I don't know. Maybe I know you better than you think. Mm hmm. Maybe you do. Mm. Maybe you do. So where should we go next to the Bennett home? Yeah, I think we should circle to back to Kay and Simone. Yeah, let's go see where Simone was during all of this. Right. 
And she was over at the Bennett home in the kitchen, hanging out with Kay. Horrible, horrible Kay. God, Kay is the worst. Gotta do a little breakfast carbo loading before heading to school. Yeah, they gotta get their energy. Get the, what were the foods? What do you mean? Number one makeout foods in. Oh, number one turn on foods. Turn on foods. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, and then when they, were, they were making, when they were making pasta, they were like, yeah, carbs really help you. Uh, get energy for you know love making <laughs> and what was the hot pepper thing they're all oh yeah food. what was that That's thing with the pepper thing. like oh if you eat the hot pepper the next person you look at will fall madly in love with you you want to bang yeah what's up with Kay and food I don't know oh I bet she oh, no. she's a moron <laughs> she's so fucking weird <laughs> She's so weird. She is very weird. Oh she is God. very, she's awful. She's horrible. So, um, Kay is talking to Simone about what happened last night where they found Charity. And she goes, it's my fault that we found Charity because I'm the one who made us take that shortcut. And if we hadn't taken the shortcut, then, um, I wouldn't have seen Charity on the tracks. And Simone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said Miguel saw her first. And she's like, um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, you caught me, but it's Charity's fault because she's the worst and she's trying to get between me and the love of my life. And Simone says, hold on, it cracked me up. I was like, that's so funny. Okay. Like, Simone doesn't even know what to say to her at this point. Simone should not be in this house. She's no. going to get herself killed. Kay's Kay going to murder gonna her. Kay's going to get Simone killed. Yeah. Um, so. And not bad an eye. And it's kind of at this moment that Simone realizes that Kay actually saw Charity before Miguel did and that she was going to let her get hit by the train. Yep. And then Jessica actually overhears this and comes down the stairs and calls Kay a monster. Th this scene isn't big enough for me. Yeah. This scene isn't big enough for me. Like, yeah. if I found out that you had let somebody lay on the train tracks when you could have saved them and waited to let them get hit by a train or and even though they didn't get hit by a train you were gonna let them get hit by the train even though you could have done something about it like we would have a major well i would just move out like <laughs> you know like you come home one day and all my stuff would just be gone like, i'm not safe sharing a living space no with you. this is not safe mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> what could, uh -uh. yeah no it's not big enough it's not big enough. And I wonder maybe it, it's because their children and their frontal lobes aren't developed. And so they don't know the scope of this. Like they don't really understand why it's a problem that Kay is saying this stuff. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. But Jessica calls her a monster, which is true. She is a monster. And Kay tries to defend herself. And this is the best she can do. Well, I didn't want her to die. Not like that, anyway. Not like that, anyway. That's her best defense? I didn't want her to die. Well, not like that, anyway. And then... So she wants her dead. And then they somehow managed to change the subject. How can we change the subject from this, from Kay letting her cousin get murdered, get run over by a train to, like, Chad and Simone? Because Kay is trying to deflect. She is the person who's changing 
the conversation because she doesn't want us to be about her. But like, that's my point. How yeah. does anybody let her change the subject? Because she, because of power and control and she is like in charge. She is, she has coercively controlled Simone their entire life. And Jessica puts up a fight, but she's still the younger sister. You know, Kay, Kay has power over these girls. They, I mean, they really just switch gears. Well, <laughs> it's so funny to me because it's like, that's honestly, think about it. That's a cra- you. That's a crazy thing. We would talk about that for like hours. Yeah. Well, Kay basically is like, well, you know, Simone, you're going to start, you are going to start doing the same things that I'm doing. Like she's trying to sing. Be like, oh, the things that I'm doing, you're going to do the same thing. We're the same person, right? She's Look at like, what you did last night. You went out, talked back to your parents, snuck out, and went to the pool hall. And then Jessica's like, you went to the pool hall? <laughs> Everybody seems to know about the pool hall. I guess. And how it's a seedy place. Also, how is like a billiards place a seedy place? Like they're playing pool. I guess for children, it's like a smoky pool hall is no place for a child to be. You know, I guess. But if that was the case, then Chad wouldn't have been allowed in. And again, that must be well. But it's a seedy place. They don't give a fuck as long as you come. You, you can come in. There's a lot of places where you can just go in. That's true, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. he wasn't drinking booze. Yeah, and he could have just come in, come in to play pool. You know? Yeah. But it must be some kind of hangout for the, the thugs of Harmony. <laughs> the seedy underbelly. The seedy underbelly of, of Harmony, Harmony USA. Yeah. So. Then they talk about Simone's late night adventure to the pool hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they talk about Charity being afraid of Miguel. So yeah. somewhat we come back to Charity I, again. I think Jessica is kind of unwilling to let this go, you know, because she's like, look, you guys are crazy and I'm not going to spill the beans because this would really hurt mom and I'm not going to put her through this right now. But I am going to figure out how the fuck you are mind controlling everybody. Basically. Yeah. I'm going to figure like, it out. I'm going to put an end to it. Cause, um, Kay said something about how, well, Charity's probably still afraid of Miguel. And Jessica's like, yeah, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of how you pulled that one off. And Kay's like, I'm good, Jessica, but I'm not that good. Like I, I don't have mind control over people, even though she knows she did that. Yeah. She's a stone cold psychopath. I don't that girl. like her. So, I don't know. The piece de resistance is that she, she's like, girls, let me show you this. And she takes them up to the room that she used to share with Jessica. No, she takes them up to their mom's old sewing room. Oh, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she takes them up to Grace's old sewing room, which unbeknownst to her, surely is going to become Charity's room. Oh shit! I, oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! I didn't even think about that because Kay, I didn't even think about that. Kay has moved her stuff out of the bedroom that she shares <gasps> with her sister Jessica and oh has made God. her own space. She's made like a little love nest for her. She it, calls it a love. She nest. calls it a love nest because she's gonna entrap Miguel. But surely that's gonna be Charity's room. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. And I she's didn't... gonna get even more upset because Charity stole her room and her boyfriend. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so shook. I didn't even think about that. Of course it's gonna be Charity's room. Of course it is. Because she was so excited about this stupid room and how she was gonna manage to get Miguel alone in her room and that her parents wouldn't say anything about it because they trust. Miguel, yeah. and, and also because everyone knows that that man would never touch you. 
Yeah. So she goes on this whole thing and I and shows them this bedroom and there's like a video game set up and she's basically going to use it to entrap Miguel. Just one whatever. Fucking K. One bad idea after another. And they talk about Dawson's Creek and I didn't understand it because I've never seen Dawson's Creek. This, I didn't even hear it, but it was this all. Honestly, this whole scene was all over the place. Yeah. The From the kitchen up to the bedroom. It was really all over the place. But I do remember... Jessica saying, I'm just happy I don't have to share a room with you anymore. And I was, I wrote, I'm happy for Jessica also. Because <laughs> she doesn't have to share a room with that malignant personality. I'm also happy for Jessica, but I fear it's going to be short-lived. Very. I think it's also worth saying that at the end of the scene, Kay turns to Jessica and Simone and says, you know, I wish there was a, a way to get rid of charity for good. And then she realizes what she says and she says, a nice way. Girl. So then these so girls the these girls go off head off to, to school. school. Head off to school. So should we go over to the hospital? Yeah. Yes. Alright. So what's going on at the hospital today? Uh Grace, Sam, and Miguel are at Charity's bedside once again. She has been recovered from Castleton and is back at the hospital and um is Sleeping, I guess mm-hmm. it must. It must be early in the morning because they the the girls still haven't yeah. gone off to school and everything. I'm sure that once they discovered that Charity was like missing, everyone kind of stayed up all night, right? Like, getting everything together. So Miguel looks at the Bennets and is because they're like, "Thank you for finding her," and he's like, "It's all thanks to Kay. You should be thanking your daughter. She's the reason we found." Charity and Grace and Sam look super proud, and he's so fucking stupid. Oh, he's so come dumb. on, Miguel. He's How, so come dumb. on, Miguel. She tried to keep him from grabbing her. Oh. He, she was holding him back. He was there for the entire exchange. <laughs> yeah, he was part of it. <laughs> he was there. How do you not remember? Do you have amnesia too? <laughs> like, how do you not remember? Literally. <laughs> Because Kay was standing there. She goes, oh, my God. You heard her say, oh, my God. He reacted to it, said, what? He what says, do you what see? is it? And she's like, oh, uh, mm, nothing. And then he walks over and sees Charity on the train tracks. Obviously, she said, oh, my God, because Charity was on the train tracks. What else would there? What else could there have been? When is Miguel going to put the pieces together? I don't. No, you know what? He never goes to school. No wonder he's so <laughs> dumb. He hasn't been to school yet. He has no critical thinking skills whatsoever. Today was the first day we saw him at school. He finally goes to school. Sam was like, go to school. Yeah. I'm sure they miss you there. <sighs> it's like, you need to go to school, Miguel. But before Miguel goes off to school, Charity wakes up. Yeah. And at this point, I actually started tearing up. Me too. I like, I was like, I am not going to cry, but I really, I did too. The tears were there. I felt the burning in my nose. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The burning in my nose, the tears were almost ready to spill over. And I was like, you bitch, you're not going to cry before noon today. Well, you know, I probably would have cried if the acting was better, but the acting was bad. But just thinking about the, the, what it is is made me very sad because Grace promises to look after charity. Um, in the same way that she would look after her own children because Charity wakes up. She basically gets reintroduced to Sam and Grace. You know, she explains, I left to look for my mom, but my mom is really dead and I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And she starts to wail and cry and she's really upset. And that's what pulled me out of it. Her crying really wasn't doing it for me. me. 
But Grace brought me back in because yeah. Grace said, Charity, you will not have to go through this alone. I am here for you. Sam is here for you, and you are our family. You are not alone. Yeah. I'm going to cry again. I'm get, I'm also getting, like, into the woods. You are not, not alone. alone. No yeah. one is alone, you know? So, oh, oh, it was it was, it was a good it moment. Good. It really was. And then, yeah, Miguel has been sent out of the room, but Sam asks her how she knew where to go, and she says, Oh, the nun told me. And everyone's like, head swivels quickly. The nun? The nun. So then Grace kind of looks at Sam and she leaves and goes to call Father Lon again. Mm Because she's like, what the fuck is going on? And then she comes back in saying, Father Lonigan says, no nun came to visit Charity last night. None at all. None at all. None at all. None nuns. None nuns, not one. (laughs) (laughs) So, So there's a mystery. Right? There's a mystery. There's a mystery. Then Miguel comes in and Charity's like, why is, why is he here? <laughs> why is he here? You do a very good Charity. I hate her. <laughs> I hate her. I hate how much I hate her because like she hasn't done anything wrong. She hasn't done anything to me, but I cannot stand this girl. She's just so, oh, she's just so sad. I get it though. Like a lot has happened to her, but like. I think it's a combination of the acting and Charity's personality. Well, and I'm just annoyed that Charity. They, I think I'm. More, it's not even necessarily about Charity as much as it is about the fact that her brain is so fucking feeble that 30 minutes of Kay going "stay away, <laughs> stay away" has made her afraid of Miguel. Here's the thing with Charity: her character is one that sh- things happen to her, and somehow. When she does dumb shit, we are expected to absolve her of any kind of responsibility. Yeah. Because sad things happen to her. You know, but she hasn't really done anything except make bad choices. Mm. Mm. True. Very true. You know? Very and, true. And, and yes, horrible things have happened to her. And I get that, you know? And I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, victim shame or exactly. blame or anything like that. But she is a simpering fool. Exactly. There is a conflict within my heart about yes. this girl. There yes. really is. Yes. Because like you said, horrible things have happened to her. And it's really weird for me to be mad at her for that. But, and it's not that I'm mad at her for that. But, God, the, the whimpering, the simpering, the just, oh my God, girl. There's no real substance to her yet. Yeah. It's not her fault. It's the writer's it's, fault. And exactly. It's not her fault. It's the writer's fault. Like, there's no substance to charity yet. I'm, 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 and they've got 2,000 episodes to get us there. So I'm sure some some stuff will go down. But 78 episodes in, I don't know anything about this girl. So that she's a dum-dum. Yeah. I'm not mad at charity. I'm just mad at James C. Riley and the rest of the writer's team. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, she um, says, why is he here? And Sam says, well, he's the one that saved you. And she says, if that's true, as if they're lying to her, Mm -hmm. if that's true, thank you. Bitch, you could have just said thank you. Mm -hmm. If that's true, then thank you. But you make me very afraid. I'm afraid. Oh, I can't stand her. I can't stand her. She's, she very politely tells him to fuck off. She's like, if that's true, thank you, but please leave now. Yeah, <laughs> if that's true, thank you, but I wish you would leave because you frightened me. Ugh. I don't, and I guess it's because I think Miguel's such a sweet, like, Miguel's so sweet, and he's so, I mean, he is dumb, but he has done nothing but save her 
over and over and over again. And how dare she, one, not remember him, and two, be afraid of him yeah. because of some stupid tape. How dare her? How dare she? Again, I don't mind the dumb tape stuff. And it totally aligns with everything we know about Charity up to this point. And I think it also makes me mad. That's true. I think it also makes me mad because I do like Miguel so much. Like, I do. Just yeah, he's, he's such so a sweet. good person. He's he dumb. literally just, like, prayed in the forest for her. He's so good-hearted. Yeah, he is. But he's also dumb. <laughs> God damn it, He's Miguel. a himbo. He's Look, such a himbo. I mean, come on. K is the root of all evil. Oh, my God. God. And he just doesn't see it. Yeah. So he does leave. Um, Sam says, you know, buck up, buddo, and go to school. <laughs> go learn something, please. Go, go learn something. Yeah. So he heads off to school all sad and mopey. Mm-hmm. He does the Arrested Development walk to yeah. the Charlie Brown music, you know. <laughs> and um, so then Charity and Grace talk. What are you talking about? Grace invites Charity to live with her. Mm-hmm. She says, look, I've talked about it with Sam. We have the space. You're welcome in our, in our home. And we would be lucky to have you come live with us. And Charity cries some more. Yep. And Actually, then, she's like, you want me? Yep. That was actually really sad, too. Yes. Well, outside of Charity's room, Eve tells Sam that she's releasing Charity um, to them. And there's nothing wrong with her. Take her home, please. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, that's great. That's wonderful. But then she also says, you know, I also wanted to ask you, did you notice how tense TC was last night at the Cranes? And of course, Sam knows that there's some shit between TC and Julian, but he covers well. He's a good friend. He's a good friend. He's like, you know, everybody hates the Cranes. Who wasn't tense last night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Which is true. Also, Sam had disappeared to the terrace to to flirt with Ivy. So like he wasn't really around to see a lot of what happened with TC. Yeah. Well, uh, then Julian arrives to the hospital for a board meeting and he talks to some lady about his donation. And she's like, everyone's really grateful, especially Dr. Russell. This is a significant contribution and we're so thankful. Mm-hmm. And so of course, Julian runs into Eve. Of course, Julian runs into Eve. And she, without like mincing words, is like, what the fuck is up with with you and TC? Like she gets straight to the point. Mm -hmm. And Julian says, you know, uh, I don't know what it is. Does he know about the past? Does he know about what happened between us? And Eve is like, no, there's no way that TC could know what happened between us. And we have to keep it that way. Julian's like, well, then leave it alone. I don't know what it is. Leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, he tells her to drop it, period. He's like, it's going to be better for you, better for me, better for your family if we just drop this. And you you doing this and talking to me is actually going to raise more suspicions. We are trying to not have anyone think anything of us. And he tells her also, he's like, it's been years. Nobody is suspicious of you and I anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, but if you continue to do this and talk to me and try to like press me on something about TC, then it might raise some suspicions. And as they're having this very, very incriminating conversation, very loudly in the hallway, TC walks by, doesn't notice, does not notice his wife talking to his arch nemesis. Like walks right on by. I don't know, four feet away from each other. 
passes right, goes right by them. They must have been in this blind spot. Like, well, he was like his entire peripheral vision. I will also say the way he was walking seemed like he was like bound and determined to do something. Like yeah. he was like a man on a mission. Yeah. Also, like, why isn't he at work? Isn't, doesn't he teach? I think he took the day off because Whitney has that tennis match in the afternoon and Eve had to be at the hospital. So I think he took Whitney to get some coffee, get some breakfast. He stopped by the hospital because he wanted to talk to Eve and then he's going to take Whitney to the tennis match. That, I, I mean, I'm putting a lot of stuff together that was not yeah. explicitly said, but that's my assumption. Yeah, because, you know, if he was going to be with Whitney, then why is he not with Whitney? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he was with Whitney and then left Whitney. I don't know. I yeah. guess, and because the sole purpose of him coming to the hospital was to tell Eve, I love you. Yep, that's it. He says, I just came to tell you I love you. <laughs> okay, buddy. Like, are you feeling guilty about something? Yeah, what is this? And so you came here to say I love you to, like, assuage your own guilt? Because it... What? I don't know. Because Look, if my boyfriend showed up to my place of work, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing here? A. <laughs> and then B, if he came in just to be like, oh, I love you, that would make me very concerned. Ooh, yeah, I feel like I would be very concerned about self-harm at that point. Yeah, like, if you like, just showed you up right? out of the blue... At my um, job, and it was only to tell me you love me, I'm worried when you walk out of here, are you going to, like, throw yourself on the train tracks? Yeah, for sure. That's very, yeah. And it would be one thing, oh, I'm here, like, it's your lunch break. I thought I could surprise yeah, you. Yeah, or I was, in the, have, I was in I was the in the neighborhood. Area, yeah. I thought I'd stop in and maybe, you know, blah, blah, whatever. But, like, just to come in, say I love you and leave? Yeah, weird. Weird. Very weird. Maybe we're suspicious people, and I. And oh, I know I am. I'm very, I, I'm very suspicious and paranoid of most people. Yeah, but that would definitely set the alarm off. But yeah, me. that, but that is weird. I think so. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. So, TC comes to the hospital to tell Eve he loves her, and he leaves, and he bounces. Let's talk about Tabitha. Let's talk about Tabitha. <laughs> Let's talk about Tabitha. So, Tabitha's back at her house. And she's having a flashback to her encounter with the angel where the angel, uh, Timmy's words, not mine, branded her like a cow. (laughs) (laughs) She's soaking her stigmata hands in a bowl of ice water and thinking about what caused the injury. Yeah. Her her cross stigmata. Yes, she has these burns now on her hands that are in the shapes of crosses. What the fuck? What the fuck? She's going to have to wear gloves all the time. Well, she did. She put on some mittens, but then she cut the fingers off. Ah, she sure did. Yeah, yeah. because oh, she's like, well, Lord. I can't walk around like yeah. this. But I have to show off my cool rings. Utterly suspicious. <laughs> so she cut the fingers off. She's, gosh, she's great. <laughs> so um, then she says, they'll see, they'll all see. Evil will win out in the end. Damn them all. And then after the speech, she once again confirms that Charity's powers will come to their full force after she falls in true love. Mm-hmm. So we're... we're con- I we, think they rolled it back. They rolled it back a little. They're like, oh, okay, we should talk about yeah. the young lady's virginity. Because the, the, the um, verbiage that they were using before was when she becomes a woman. And now it's... When she falls into true love. Yeah, they yeah. they rolled it back. Because for, I mean. They walked yeah. that one right back. Yeah, which was the right move. 100% yeah. the right move. Because, like, becoming a woman, becoming, like, that's a very um, 
well-established trope and a well-established, you know, quote unquote, nice way of saying she had sex for the first time. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Yeah. So. And it, because it also couldn't be if she had her first period. Right. Some people say that you became a woman when you had your first period. But she's like 16 or 17 years old. Yeah. So so we're well past past that. that. Yeah. So Tabitha's putting her nun's habit away and she says, oh, this is as uncomfortable as those Puritan outfits were, (laughs) you know? And um, she just she just hangs it up on like um, I don't know what that was like a cabinet or something like a tall mm-hmm. cabinet. She just hangs it up. It's in full view. Mm-hmm. If you walk into her living room, you would see her nuns have it, mm-hmm. which is important, I think, because Sam and Grace are gonna be looking for a nun. Like who's yeah. this nun? Yeah, you know. And if they see it in her house, they might be like, wait a minute, oh, did you? Did you trick my niece into going down the highway and then try to run her over and then lay her across the train tracks after drugging her? Also, did they take a drug test for her? She was knocked out. Yeah, did anybody do a know. tox a tox screen on her? They didn't say anything. Because I, I want to know. know what I want to know what Tabitha dosed her with. Yeah, because and then they would know that somebody fucking dosed her and laid her across the goddamn track. I don't think they did because they're releasing her. Yeah, and they didn't say anything to Sam and Grace about mm-hmm. it. Eve dropped the ball. Mm. Well, she was dealing with some Simone bullshit. True. So, anyway. Not that that's an excuse, though. Anyway, Tabitha's putting her putting her nuns habit away. And then she tells about tells us about charity charity's powers of goodness will come into full effect the moment she falls into true love. And we then see scenes of Miguel talking about charity. You know, and we know that that is the plot point, right? Yeah. We got to get these two together and they yeah. actually have true love for each other. And then Tabitha's like, I got to find somebody who wants charity gone as much as I do. <laughs> and I was just thinking, I was like, how long is it going to be before Tabitha recruits Kay? Uh-huh. You know, and you, and you just know Kay when given the choice, given the choice, Kay would like for Miguel, she would look God in the eyes Right? She would look God in the eyes at the gates of heaven and walk backwards <laughs> into hell. Do you understand? She would walk slowly, maintaining eye contact with God, and walk slowly into hell. It's exactly what she would do. So you know she, she's going to be all in to join Tabitha's coven. Oh, 100%. Of evil. We, we saw this coming back when Kay was like at the hospital many episodes ago, I was like, I would make a deal with the devil happily mm-hmm. to have Miguel. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, they're, they're going to put these two together somehow. And Tabitha, see, Tabitha needs an inside man. Yep. And, oh, well, you know what? It, it comes later, but there's some crazy shit that happens with these two. I cannot wait. Oh, it's so crazy. I cannot wait. So Tabitha's like, oh, I'm going to go recruit Kay. Um, but first, let me go poke around the Bennett house and see what I can find out. So she breaks into her next door neighbor's house and doesn't do a very good job because <laughs> Sam catches her immediately. Sam walks in and he goes, Tabitha, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha, what are you doing here? Cracked me up. Oh, it was so funny. Cracked me up. What are you doing here, Tabitha? She's like, um, I heard the water running in the sink, so I came in to turn it off. He's like, you heard that all the way from your house? She's like, you'd be surprised what I can hear from my house. 
like my hearing is so great yeah so she uh, and he thanks her he's like well thanks for turning off the water yeah and she she like turns the the discussion uh into charity and she's like oh by the way since i'm here since we happen to run into each other in your house unexpectedly um how's everything going with charity and sims like oh pretty good she's actually been released she's coming in with grace right now she's gonna come live with us Tabitha flips the fuck out. Yeah, well, she's like, uh, oh, really? Uh, uh, because for whatever reason, Tabitha doesn't want Charity to see her. And I don't understand this. They did not explain this. Because Charity talked to that nun who was Tabitha, and she doesn't want to be recognized. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that has okay, to be it. That has to be it. You're right. You are absolutely right. Okay. I didn't even think about that. I just I just thought about the fact that she was in the costume. So I was like, oh, maybe Charity won't. But yeah. That but Charity's to not going to recognize her because no. she's soft brain. No, Charity won't recognize her, especially because at the very end of this episode, she looks at Tabitha and Charity says, wait a minute, I know you, which means she's not going to recognize well, her she, as the nun. Yeah, she's she, going to recognize her as the friendly neighbor. Well, she met her at Pilar's party. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Which... But if she remembers meeting Tabitha at Pilar's party, then she would hopefully remember Miguel liking Miguel. Oh, maybe. You see what I mean? Oh, so yeah. where did now I would want to know where did she see Tabitha? Because if it, if it is about Pilar's party, then that is a very good memory connected to Miguel. Yeah, that's true. I guess we'll have to wait and see where this goes. She she has seen her a bunch of times. She was the cabbie. <laughs> she um, the fortune teller was the fort. Oh yeah, the fortune. Oh yeah, the fortune teller because Charity went in there. I forgot. Yeah, she's seen her a bunch of times. She's mostly interacted she's the with nun. Tabitha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she, you know, the dog. Yeah, the <laughs> those bracelets around the neck. <laughs> she didn't see that dog though. All right. Well, that's it. Yes. Yeah, is this the end of the episode? This is the end of the episode. We have reached the end. We've reached the end. So should so, we do our goodbye things? So long, farewell, auf Wiedersehen, adieu, 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 to you and you and you. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, we're We've done. changed our goodbye. That's it. Bye now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we just sing some Sound of Music bullshit and then leave. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Uh, in reality, you please rate, review, and subscribe us. Um, please check out our social media. We have an Instagram. We have a TikTok. We have a Facebook. It's all Passions Podcast. We also have an email. You can send us your emails, which we love receiving. Send I love an email. Origin stories. If you see any um, reviews. God, that was so funny. So funny. Anything funny that you, or anything interesting, interesting. or funny that you find about Passions, please send it to us. I love seeing those little gems or helpful material like yeah. the map or yeah. answers to our questions. Where is the where is the Harmony Opera House? Where, where is, is the it? Harmony Pool Hall? Yep, yep. What part of Harmony is that? Yeah, yep. So anyway, if you can help us, please please do. do. <laughs> uh, we're at passionspodcast at gmail.com. Yep, and that's it. We have a online. Oh, we have a oh we have a presence. website. <laughs> Go to the website, buy some merch. Yep. Support our podcast. And that's it. And I think that's all the things. All right. So here we go. You are my passion for love.